Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from all the way over here in the United Kingdom and joining me as ever is the statesman to my Kingsman, it's John Burke from all the way over there in the US. How you doing mate? I am doing okay Matt, as good as one can be given the uh, current state of the world we're living in, right? You could say that, yes. Um, And as I say, this is the bloody awesome movie podcast, but it's not, as you guys know it, John, we've got a little twist coming up now. Right, we're entering into a mini-series. Matt and I have a little extra free time because the world we're living in has, uh, well, kind of cleared our calendars. I'm working from home, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it's scary times with this coronavirus. So it got me thinking about movies that talk about the end of times or this idea of isolation because a lot of us over here in the States, especially in a lot across the globe, are, are being told to stay indoors and social distancing, stay away from everybody. So we were thinking, what a fun play on words. Bamp Apocalypse Now is the miniseries we're going to be entering into. And each episode is a very short episode where we're going to focus on one movie that deals with this theme in some capacity for a few reasons. One, because they're fun to revisit. And some of them are going to be a little more existential, I think, and make us think about our, our current situation and the state yeah. of what we're doing. Others are going to be like a nice uh, escapist, comedic version of the, that type of uh, atmosphere. And... Um, some of these movies are going to be great. Some of them might not be so. And so we're going to talk about the film. We're going to give some stats. And it's it's well recommended or not, tell you how we watched it. And it's uh, if you have some free time, this is a great way to pass it, listening to us and also watching the movies that we're talking about. So um, this, unlike our normal episodes, we might spoil some things, right, Matt? Yeah, it's simply because it's a shorter episodes, and um, as you say, we, who knows where the world's going to be in a few weeks' time, so let's just openly talk about films. So we will obviously introduce the films ahead of time, but if you haven't seen it, do beware that we will be talking about plot points. We won't. We may not even spoil anything at all, but just beware that we probably will do. So if you haven't seen these films, go check them out and come listen to us and see if you agree with us. And like JB said, we haven't picked these films because... They're our favourite films of all time. Some of them probably will stink. We've picked them because they just felt right. We, we kind of came up with a big old list of films that reflect the times we live in. And uh, we thought we'd start uh, this with this particular film. So shall we jump in, JB? Yeah, and on that note, before we announce what the film is, some of these movies I've never seen and some Matt has never seen. Some True. that we'll get to we both have seen and or both have not seen. Uh, in this case, Matt has seen this one, and I, I guess you could say you kind of recommended this one. So what is it? Uh, so kicking off the entire Bam Popcalypse Now miniseries, um, I went with Wreck from 2007. It's a Spanish film. Now, I've seen, I saw this film a long old time ago, and when we came up with the idea of Bam Popcalypse Now, there were other films that came to me. But for some reason, this one struck me first. So let's get the details out of the way. Wreck, 2007, like I said, it's a Spanish film. On Rotten Tomatoes, 89%. Good. Metascore, 69. Not bad. It had a budget of 9 million bucks and $32.5 million worldwide. So it broke even and did very well. It was directed by Jaume Bayaguero and Paco Plaza. And it was also written by Balaguerero, Plaza and Luiso Bodejo. And this is going to... I think John's quite lucky, glad I've got these translations because yes. uh, usually I've thrown them to John. But starring Manuela Velasco... Ferran Terraza, Jorge Haman Serrano, 
Pablo Rosso and David Vett. Now, what is Wreck all about? It is it's set in Barcelona in Spain. A an apartment block has been put under military lockdown because of a some of the beings inside. Some of the uh, residents have come down with a virus. Sounds familiar. They've come down with a virus and it's sent them turned them into bloodthirsty uh, zombies, basically. Inside that building is a camera crew headed up by a uh, a roving news reporter called An- Angela Velasco, who is played by um, who is played by the name that's gone off the top of my head. Uh, Manuel Velasco, sorry, Angela Vidal is the reporter. So she's there with her cameraman, also called Pablo, and they are there to film basically firemen in their natural work. So going in, um, sorting things out when they're not doing fires, uh, sorting out fires. Sorry, which so- is. I think important to bring up now is that the premise is the explanation for the style. This is a found footage film, um, you know, made famous from Blair Witch Project in the late 90s. And um, a lot of the found footage films that are out there are not so good, Um, especially the explanation as to why it's a single camera, you know, like shaky cam scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this one, like Blair Witch, does a pretty good job of almost always making sense why we're filming um i I do have one little pick at that i'll wait until we get to that scene uh to like nitpick why i think it it breaks the the, uh illusion of it being a found footage movie but definitely is um even the taglines one witness one camera um and the explanation of the the movie i think is that angela constantly keeps saying keep recording keep recording um and i do want to know too sorry uh I, I had to watch um I I've never seen this before. I watched it literally the day before we were recording this. Um I rented it on Vudu. Uh it was available on other streaming services, but from what I did after I already had paid for it, um and it started with English dubbed, uh I found out that there is apparently no original Spanish language version available in the US digitally. Everybody says English only and I don't know why cuz the dub is bad. Um it's it's very bad. The movie is good. But the dub is bad and it's laughable at times because it's it's a horror film and people in a sound booth are speaking the English translation of the film and trying to be heightened and scared. But you you can tell they're in a sound booth um, and they're they're trying maybe too hard to be those things and not genuinely scared or freaked out. Uh, so it, it was it was a little distracting, but the movie itself is definitely good and it, it does not reflect badly on the, the actors in the film, um, but maybe a little bit on the English uh speakers i don't know who they were if they actually got the original cast to do the english dub or what but it was it was it was pretty bad and i sent matt a little uh like clip of the the bad acting or not not bad still strong overacting it's a little heightened uh too much oh um, it was awful <laughs> john uh, jb sent me a message yesterday uh with a video he'd taken of him watching it but just the the dubs and it was do you know what the the american voice wasn't so bad but it's when they had the one of the uh, apartment yeah. residents was an English guy. And having seen the film in its original format, he, the way they dubbed this guy, because the guy's just a normal Spanish guy. He's not, um, you know, it's just a, a regular guy, regular Joe guy on the street. But they've given him this voice. And now he talks like this. He talks very much like this, very Queen's English. I'm thinking, what the hell have they done? And secondly, nobody over here speaks like that, unless they're kind of 80 or 90, in which case, yeah, stay inside, please. But um, yeah, in terms of the found footage, I'm not always on that Blair Witch Project oh, I dug that film so much when it came out yeah. the first the first paranormal activity scared the hell out of me the first one mm-hmm. I like that this one, one I, I agree this this one works for recording it just about felt appropriate to have the camera rolling uh, okay, like Andrew's a roving TV reporter 
and she's she's a reporter. She's found herself potentially in the middle of a massive scoop. She's not going to stop recording. This could make her career. I'm sure that Pablo, the cameraman, was probably thinking, please, just let me put this damn thing down and fight for my life. Um, yeah, I, I thought this film was awesome. The first time I saw this, I'm going to keep this PG, it scared the bejesus out of me. It scared the living hell out of me. Generally, did I, I, I bought it. Um, I sat down and I went to bed, lights off, put this film on. Didn't know anything about it other than I'd heard it was, you know, freaky as good God. I mean, the, the atmosphere and attention that they created was excellent. Not knowing what the actual problem was during the film, because we don't know what's going on either as much as Angela, Pablo and the firefighters and the other residents don't know what's going on. You know, they, they say that there's a dog who's not very well and that's potentially what's caused this outbreak. But we don't know that. And then, of course, you know, it's called a spade a spade. It being an English, a Spanish story for me, made things even more hectic because you can't understand what they're saying and obviously the situation. So putting in that, it's the right, like it bent my head. The isolation and the suffocating nature of the experience is tangible. So um, I picked this because, yeah, it's about a a virus and the coronavirus, COVID-19, isn't turning people into mindless zombies. Funny enough, the people who haven't got it are the ones turning into mindless zombies, panic buying all the stuff that I want to buy and roam in the streets when they shouldn't be. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was the idea of the contagion and the outbreak, which was um, affecting more and more people uh, that it comes into contact with. In this case, you have to get bitten by it. And then at the end of the film, you know, it takes a, there's a 360 left uh, curveball thrown where there's actually religious undertones. You know, a young, there's a young girl named Tristan Medeiros who's believed to be possessed. The Vatican wants to get some of her enzymes. Don't know why. However, it turns that the enzymes apparently become contagious. So this demonic possession is now contagious, which sounds ridiculous, but it works in the film. When I say it, I think, mm. at the end, the ending of this film absolutely terrified me. That We say no spoilers, but I am going to try and keep that, you know, as much as possible. In, uh, you have to see it. There's no point me trying to explain it. You have to see it. The first time I saw it, I was literally, what the... You know, you know exactly where I'm going. I just laid there, my covers over my eyes, thinking, what the hell is that am I watching? So it's got some great scares in it. Jump scares, but because there's no music in this, they're all natural. They all felt real. It, it is terrifying. There's some good character moments if you watch the original. And um, it's short, it's pacey, and it feels genuine. It feels authentic. And it feels like if there was going to be some kind of outbreak oh. of this sort, it could, it would, you know, be, this would be what it is like if I, if I could be so bold as to say that. Uh, I'd hope to God I never get caught up in anything like this, but it spawned sequels. Wreck 2, which is also very good, actually. That is set like five minutes or seven minutes after this film and involves some of the same actors. That's very good. Wreck 3 and 4, yeah. Balakiero and Paco Plaza each directed one each of those. I think Paco Plaza, I think did Wreck 3 and Balacuero did Wreck 4, I think. They are not as good. They kind of, as, you know, franchises go on, they, they start, start to jump the shark somewhat. But Wreck 1, awesome. Um. So, I... I oh, Joey King's in that? So, here's the thing. The last shot that you mentioned, I won't describe it either, but I, I was like, I've seen that shot. It's a poster of an, another movie called Quarantine. And I yeah. just confirmed that Quarantine is a remake of this movie. It's the American remake. It's even the uh, the guys get writing credits. Uh, there's the three guys who directed uh, Wreck. I had uh, never seen Quarantine. I just looking at the cast. There's some really solid people. Has a much lower score, um, 53 meta score. So as as the trend, one, it's 15 minutes longer. That's a Hollywood thing for sure. 
let's mm-hmm. add let's tack on more time uh the movie is a nice uh brief 72 minutes i think um yes, which works really really well um i'm assuming this uh quarantine's also found footage i'm gonna have to watch this now because i'm like it, it is it's a fa- it's a fairly faithful adaptation and i'm not just saying this to be hip the hipster it isn't as good as the original uh, hollywood sure. did that with a film called martyrs which was a couple of years ago it just it just wasn't as good you can't capture the spirit of this because hollywood has a way of taking a lot of panic out of films like this i think because this works because foreign or film studios internationally are willing to kind of just strip back and just let this let the film do the talking about where like this is very a very raw film there's no sets it's all filmed on one location and it works perfectly the quarantine it is fairly faithful but it deviates somewhat and it isn't as impactful yeah, my guess is they're going to overdo everything. It's it's also the lighting is way too polished for a found footage style. Maybe it's not found footage style. It looks just like looking at the photos. Mm-hmm. It looks real bad. Um, it looks it's overdone, not awful, but it's no, not. But it's not great. Yeah, it just looks like more like a soap opera. Like the lighting's like like much softer. Like the, there's yeah, yeah, some yeah. really harsh shadows in Wreck that make the atmosphere what you want. Uh, which I should not be talking about the movie we have not watched. We should talk about Wreck. But um, mm-hmm. I really, really liked Wreck, uh, other than, as I've already mentioned, the voice dub. Um, <laughs> so there, there's one part that when I was watching the movie, I really liked. But then when I was thinking about it as a found footage film, realized it kind of breaks the the illusion of it. Mm-hmm. Is at one point um, when the first monster, if you will, attacks the uh, the, the the big lady who attacks the, the officer. Um, yes. She's like rewind it i want to see it again and the movie actually rewinds um and then it plays back that scene again i think i see where you're going here yeah yeah so if you've ever used a camcorder and you rewind it does not record the act of rewinding so that if you were watching it in found footage that it would do that you know what i'm saying like it, it, we had an infinite replay in this movie that doesn't make sense to the found footage unless it was framed as though someone were watching the footage which is not the case it's someone within the footage saying rewind it so i can see it again it should have just cut back to her talking about what she just watched because mm-hmm. we wouldn't have, it wouldn't have recorded the replay you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah that's you'd the need one two cameras part. for that someone yeah. filming the person as they physically put the camera down to rewind it yeah, and so that it, it did not work and that's the only time i think it breaks the illusion of a found footage film um everything else there's justifications it it makes total sense um why they're recording and one of the things that i think reflects our current state because some people are very comfortable accepting being told you can't leave your house but then there's like uh evangeline lily has publicly uh said uh i think the quote is um some people value life more than freedom others value freedom more than life and as she's kind of resisting the social distancing policies that are in place um and people are supporting that in the sense that it is scary being told blanket statements that you must do this, you must do that because when we lose our freedom, it's hard to get it back. Right. And this movie uh, really embodies that with the people inside the, um, the apartment complex because they don't understand why they're being told they can't leave the building. Uh, They all have reasons why they would want to leave the building. They're afraid. Um, Now there's, you know, officers are in the building who even they don't seem to know what's going on. The firefighters are lost and uh, all this uncertainty. And then you have the, these shadowy uh, government officials that are like silhouetted up against the, the big glass doors and the windows that have now been covered with this like sheet plastic. Um, So there's all this uncertainty and 
even the the people in the hotel they keep telling pablo to keep filming um because they're like we need evidence of what's happening here so keep filming keep recording and there's constantly the government's trying to shut him down like you know they say stop recording this and uh i think that reflects this this paranoia this distrust that is not with everybody some people are more than willing to believe our governments and other people are much more skeptical and i'm not even saying we should have that conversation of where we stand but i will say i am always paranoid when i'm told i must do something because i i am always like well why why yeah why and um especially if if they're unwilling to give a why uh which in this movie is a big thing they're there nobody knows they're just saying well just do this it's like why yeah i don't know either let's just do it <laughs> like there's a great it, quote actually from angelo where she says she says and i quote verbatim she goes there there are incredible security measures in place we know nothing they haven't told us a thing we saw special forces, health inspectors wearing suits and masks, and it's not very comforting. So, um, yeah, like that, you know, there, there's all these incredible security measures in place, yet nobody's being told what's really going on. And obviously, depend and again, without meaning to get into politics, depending on where you live in the world, that is a very that is very much happening out there now, and it isn't very comforting. Yeah. And um, like JB has as well, over here in the UK, we, we're all being told stay inside, or if you've got to go out, stay one metre apart from anyone else. Don't touch anything. If you uh, all the pubs and the clubs and the bars and the restaurants are all being closed down, and um, it's 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 mad. It, do you know what I mean? And I, I I get why. I get when I'm not here, to, and I'm not going to say whether Evangeline Lilly and uh, whoever else was right, right or wrong. You know, but that is it's something that piqued my interest when it came to wreck, which you've just said so well as well. That yeah, they are they're quarantined inside this place. And they don't know why. There's a they know that they know something's wrong inside, and clearly the guys outside know something's going on. But they're not being told. They're the fodder. They're the full guys. And as you said, yeah, they are given. They are given reasons to film, and it makes sense. Now for the second film, I can't quite remember what the reasons are that they film. I think the um, special forces oh. go with cameras mounted on their shoulders, or like similar to aliens when um, when they go and they've got the cameras on so they can see. I think it's something similar to that. I can't quite remember. But the second film's alright, but. As for this film, yeah, if you are stuck, if you are quarantined, excuse the pun, then I would, and you don't, and you like horror films, I think you're going to really dig this. If possible, if possible, get hold of the undubbed version. Yeah, uh, I know internationally it's available on Netflix and um uh, and other places online. Of course, in the United States, it's Voodoo, but that is English dub only. If you can get it, do. If you don't like horror films, this film will mess you up. But I'll just tell yeah. you that now. It's it's definitely scary. It's I do feel like it's less scary because of the dub. I think the dub's mm-hmm. a little distracting. That's what um, I'm worried about. Yeah, and I will say too, what upsets me that the dub is the only thing available is that quarantine exists. Like there is an American remake. If you really can't sit through subtitles, watch that and give us the <laughs> subtitled version of this Good movie, point. please. <laughs> um, like what the heck, you know? But uh, it was not available with any streaming subscription services from what I could find here, and I have most of the big ones, so. Um, you can rent it though on like iTunes or Prime Voodoo. Uh, I I rented it for three bucks, just did standard definition. I figured 2007, they it probably wasn't in a found footage film. I probably didn't need a high definition version, which I think I was right on that. I do wish I was like so mad when it started in English, and I was like, um, I texted you and I texted uh, our friend Big Tuna, and it was like, BC, yep. I'm like, did did when you saw it, was it in English? And both of you were like, no. I'm like, god dang it, like this, <laughs> was this the iTunes okay. version was that. Do they have um, subtitles as well, or is it just I, blanket? I English did dub? check iTunes. I did check Prime, and Prime says English only. Um, 
for like uh, it said audio language english only and i'm like oh my god why like where is the spanish version of this movie and it's not cheap on dvd like to order if i had ordered and waited like it was it was not readily available so and of course right now at last i heard amazon has uh, stopped all non-essential orders so i don't know if they think uh vampocalypse now is essential or not but i didn't want to take a chance they um, should do they should if they knew it was good for them bezel um or basil, <laughs> i don't know his name the the, the billionaire guy basils basils that's it send me money guy uh we all <laughs> need it um yes distribute the wealth but so if you were going to say to someone if they said right john i hear you doing bampocalypse now this rec film never heard of it i hear it's in spanish i've got the spanish version of it should would you recommend them to watch this as a film fan hundred percent if you have the Spanish version. I'd say it's still eighty-five percent if it's the English dub. It's still good. Um you do have to get past some very bad acting and questionable. I actually want to ask you real there's a Japanese family in the building. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do they speak broken English or do they speak broken Spanish in the it's movie? All, it's all Spanish in the film. And okay. It's all so, oh, so it's all um it's all international language in so the original. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the english dubbed version of the japanese characters is racially offensive because they are they are speaking like really bad like if i were to do a bad like i don't speak english asian japanese chinese accent which would not be appropriate so i'm not going to do that they sound like the bad guys in the phantom menace yeah it's dude i was like oh i don't know because they're dubbing this in english so like there's no way they were speaking broken english in the spanish version of this movie so mm-hmm. I don't know if this is okay, and I don't think it is. Uh, just saying. So know that going into, if you have the only option is English dub, you have to get past all of that. Um, and it does make the movie feel a little silly at times because the some of the way they say words are are just like over the top melodramatic um, versions of what I I'm sure the dialogue sounded much more genuine. Just because the the watching the performance, they don't look like they are soap opera actors, but the voice dub feels like they're soap opera actors like especially some of the like the early like her at the firehouse when she's being awkward and like yeah, yeah. Trying to make it like entertaining when she knows it's really boring bland content um it felt real bad uh with the english dub i was like oh my god this is not and um I, I, but i really i really like the movie and i also um i, I really like the actor uh well i like the character manu the, the the firefighter who like yep lasts the longest i thought he was pretty awesome and i was like you know like yeah man rooting for him um you know but not getting into specific spoilers here but i i enjoyed the film um again it's it's really nice and short and to the point and again if you like horror films and you're okay with the uh that similarity because you're gonna feel a little bit of a kinship to these people because they're locked in their houses and they can't escape and they don't really fully understand why but they know that they're afraid of whatever's happening um and we haven't spoke at all, but I do feel real fast. Um, scary children are scary, right? Period. Like, oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like children are scary for the most part, and I've got some. As yeah, you. I, right? Yeah. So we're not like you know, but I know some of you are at home with your children for the first time in long extended sessions. Um, you know, where you're used to sending them off to people like me, teachers who are willing to uh, put ourselves through that daily. Um, so this might hit that note a little scarier too, because it's like, Oh God, is this what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's what? Yeah. But there's a couple of kids in this film are, I mean, if you think kids are scary to start with, you know, after a week or two of self-isolation, if that's what they end up like, throw me, throw me to the contagion right now. 
Yeah, but overall, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it's a really well-executed found footage film, minus that one rewind scene. Because, um, again, a lot of times where, like, like Chronicle fails is, like, all of a sudden we're getting, like, security camera footage and things. Like, what? Somebody found a camera and then went and collected all the other footage in the city yeah, of what happened, And then stitched it together. And same thing, um, Project Almanac, they use a lot of GoPros. And there's times where, like, why did they leave the GoPro recording for so long? Like, this because it's essentially real time uh, uh there are some edits but the edits make sense like where he stopped recording and started recording again mm-hmm. um there's no other edits they don't cut to another camera suddenly they don't have like oh well we have security footage it's all from this one camera and it it totally makes sense because of the premise of it being a reporter similar to blair witch and them being documentary filmmakers so even though there's multiple cameras in that one it would make sense that they would have had multiple cameras in that instance so um, it's nice when you get a premise that actually works with the the technique being used as well. So uh, hats off to the guys who made it. Yep. I can't add anything more to that. It's raw. It's visceral. It's very, very good. And it disturbed me quite a lot in 2007. So uh, that's the that's the first ep- uh, episode of the Bampocalypse Now miniseries done. Wreck. We went international for the first one. So uh, we're going to have a few more of these coming out over the next few weeks and months. So keep your ears to the ground. But until then, JB, where can the world find you if they want to hear or redo? BurkeReviews.com, and you can follow me on social media at BurkeReviews, including Letterboxd. If you're not using Letterboxd and you watch enough movies, there's no reason not to. I, I They don't pay us to say that, but I love that website, and I just want more and more people because I like seeing what other people are watching. It's one of my favorite things because uh, sometimes I'll see a movie that I'm like, hey, I've never seen that. I'm intrigued. I'm going to check it out. So um, BurkeReviews on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and of course, uh, what about you? Uh, you can find me what I watch tonight.co.uk. Just search for that tag um, on Instagram and Twitter. Also on Letterbox, W I W T on Letterbox. It's kind of like the IMDb for like film critics or film reviews. It's great. Um, so I like it on there as well. So check us out on there. And if you want to find the the show online, JB on the Instagram, bloody awesome movie pod on Instagram, and on Twitter it's at b a m p bamp underscore podcast. So uh, until the next time you hear our voices from me, stay safe and see ya. And from JB, keep watching movies. Blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody.